Hello, welcome to a very special Mother's Day episode of Prom Kings. I am David, and I have the lovely honor of hosting this week's episode with my lovely mother, Penny. Hi, David. (laughs) Hi, Mom. So, sadly, Jake is currently moving out of his college dorm, so at the moment, my mother has graciously joined a step in for a beautiful Mother's Day episode and we're just going to talk about everything aren't we yes we're going to talk about everything (laughs) i love you okay i love you too oh okay uh greatest woman in my life you're strong powerful five three you're a college athlete um and a mother so tell me about how you became that person who raised you and where you got to how you got to where you are today okay um that is a loaded question, and that could take a long, long time, but I will try to uh, condense it. So I am the youngest of four children. Uh, my mom and dad had uh, four kids, and I am, well, there's two boys and two girls, and I'm the youngest of that. Okay. Uh, my dad, when I was three, decided to go into the ministry and became a pastor. Uh, so we all grew up together in church. Mm-hmm. Um, we are actually... Uh, my parents had us really close together. We're all about 16 months apart. And oh, my gosh. Yeah. How, how old was Mimi when she had y'all? So Mimi was pretty young. She um, got married. 16, right? Got married when she was 15. Oh, my And gosh. at age 17 had Pam. What year was that? Sorry. 59 or 60. Okay, okay. Anyway, I had Pam, my yeah. sister, and then every 16 months she had another child. And so she was 21. She had four kids. Oh my gosh, Mimi. Mimi's a girl boss. <laughs> yep, she's great. Uh, anyway, so uh, we all grew up very close. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't have a whole lot of things. We never really wanted for anything. We pretty much had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all four of us went to the same college. We went to Liberty University. Could you imagine me and Katie going to the same college, like at the same time? Uh, yeah, I think it would be really? nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel yeah. like we'd never talk to each other. Well, you would. I mean, I'd like ask her for everything. I yes. make her like go buy me stuff. Like, like when I went, my sister had already graduated, but I was in college with both my brothers, and we all okay. three shared a car, and <laughs> which was which was horrible because my privilege is really stepping out right <laughs> yeah, now. Really I could out. not imagine. No, but like, like we would like my one brother would have a date set up. And he would go to get the car for the date, and the car would be gone because either I or my other brother had taken it. So they would hide it on campus so the other <laughs> one couldn't find it. Anyway, oh so we were, all, we were all at the same college, which was kind of fun. Oh, So you told me you had some resentment about going to Liberty. What was that like? Yes. Okay, so... Um, She's a rebel, everyone. Yes, I am. <laughs> so this part is... Uh, so when my when I grew up, uh, and my brothers and sisters went off to college. Um, I was I loved sports, and I really excelled in basketball. That was kind of the sport that I enjoyed the most, and so that's what I really worked toward. And so I knew that after high school, I would have loved to have the opportunity to go ahead and play in college. And so there were you know some people getting my stats and looking at things, and I was in high school. And um, my dad came one day and he said, "Oh." the only school you're going to go to is Liberty. And I didn't understand that. I was like, well, what if I don't want to go there? You know, and so we kind of had this banter back and forth. And um, so I really had some resentment toward my parents because they weren't weren't letting college be my choice. 
and it was 12 hours away from home. I wasn't going to know anyone up there except my family, and so I just didn't want to go. And so I was struggling with, there was a part of me, because my faith is very important to me, where I wanted and was asking God to give, the, give me the desires of my heart, and that was to go play college ball, uh-huh. and with the part where it says, children obey your parents, because I was rebelling conflict. against the fact that, yeah, conflict, that yeah. They, they wanted us to go, and so um, part of that is, how do I take, because all of that's in the Bible, yeah. and so you, get, you just can't take parts that you like, yeah. and want to live by that and the other, so that was a big... Take a note. Take <laughs> so a that note, was people. a big part of of what I consider kind of a rebellious time because I copped an attitude. Um, you know, I was probably short and mean to them. Well, you're short always. Oh, and you know <laughs> that dec- no, in that decision. Uh, so, you know, I, sh- I did I wanted to go play ball in college, but I didn't want to go to Liberty. Yeah. And so my you know, my parents were like this is the only place. So literally a piece of paper if you go to this school, this is what you pay. And so I was going to have to pay my own way. And then if you go to Liberty, this is what you pay. It's nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I really rebelled against that, you know, and as I said, it was kind of angry. And so finally, one day I just said, and this was my senior year in high school, I just finally said, Dad, why is Liberty the only place that I can go? And, of course, my dad, you know, he was... He was the pillar in my life, and, you know, he had a very strong faith, and he didn't have to give me an answer. He could have just said, because I'm your dad, and that's what I said, but he didn't. He sat down, and he explained to me when the school started back in the 70s, uh, and he said, your mom and I were in town, and we listened to the chancellor of the school talk about, you know, this school and his desire of, you know, how he wanted to help young people mature and and give in society and he said your mom and I just right then we just got on our knees and said you know God we don't know how because again he was a pastor and we didn't have a lot of money yeah he said I don't know how but if you will help us we will send all four of our kids to the school Mm -hmm. now how do you argue that (laughs) when you hear your dad say that yeah and so I was like well okay um, so that within a couple of weeks, I was going up to the school uh, to try out for the ball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and it was just a walk-on, and I didn't hear anything. Um, and that summer, they called, and they offered me a scholarship to go to school there. So what I ended up having to, I say all that to say, that was kind of the beginning of... Um, my faith in, in trusting God for things. I had to, when I heard my dad say that, I had to say, okay, I can't sit here with a rebellious attitude toward my parents and ask God to give me the desires of my heart. So I've got to, I've got to come to terms with all that. And so I said, you know, I'm going to try to honor my parents and what they want. Uh, and God, I really want the desire, you know, to play. And so as yeah. it came, he, he, he provided that. So not only so I was given a scholarship to go, but God also provided a scholarship for both my sister and brothers when they went to school. Yeah. And I think that was part of my dad just having the faith to believe that. And so it's helped me in everything that I've done that I may not understand to just kinda kinda grow in 
how we're going to trust God and the things that happen in our life. I think that's really wise, especially as a college student, to literally be like, well, these are the cards I'm dealt. I got to make the best out of it. Or like, not that that was the exact mindset, but that's basically how it kind of played out. Like, this is how it's going to be. Let me like figure out how I'm going to live my life through that. Um, I do want to talk about um, you being 5'3 and having a desire to play basketball because you need to be tall for that how did you get into being able to play basketball because you got rejected um a couple times from your high school team maybe or something and you proved them wrong okay so uh what was really cool about that when i was in um seventh grade um i went out for the volleyball team Mm-hmm. And I literally could walk under the net and not touch it. She was two feet tall. Yeah, I was pretty short. And so the coach just had me, you know, set up the ball and had me spike it, which, you know, I'm not really spiking mm-hmm. it. She just said, honey, you're just really too short for volleyball. Well, that made me. You can't say that to a client. No. Well, that made me mad and determined because the very next sport is basketball. And so yeah. I think, even though I'd been playing for a few years, I think that's what pushed me to want to be the best so you know I was a little scrapper I could steal the ball and um, do fast breaks and uh-huh. you know make some pretty good passes and shoot outside so you proved them wrong I proved them and wrong. then you literally played in college and now almost every woman that I meet that's around my mom's age that plays um, basketball has like played basketball with you yeah like some of my friends that come over like I find out like randomly um y'all played against each other and it's so weird yeah so like a a close friend you had in high school as her mom and I started talking and where she went to school I'm like wait we played y'all in college because she played and we we we're pretty sure we played well we we were on a trip together and uh she told me that she played basketball and I looked at you and I was like oh she played basketball too and y'all like oh we probably didn't play against each other and then y'all started talking and figured it out y'all figured it out um so I love to cook you know, yes. I love to cook. And I feel like I definitely got that from you and Dad. I feel like probably mostly you, just for a desire to cook, Dad definitely taught me, like, creativity. Where did you yes. learn how to cook So, I, I think I may disagree with that a little bit. I think you probably got more from your dad okay. than you realized. Do you think you learned a lot from Dad, too? Yes, because, um, so, when Dad and I got married, he um, was raising three boys on his own, and... I would come home from work after we were married and I would go in to cook and I would be frustrated because I would just say, there's nothing in here to cook. And he would say, leave my kitchen. And I would would come in. He said, leave what? Leave my kitchen. I would come in and he would just be creative. He knew how to make sauces and knew how to put things together. So I really think you got that more from from him than me. I I was really just cooking out of necessity. Yeah. I need to learn how to clean though. Yes, you do need to learn learn Every morning I hear... David, clean the kitchen. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. You briefly mentioned about dad having three kids. So tell me about how it was coming into a marriage with a man who was previously married and had three kids. Well, it's it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in, mm. you know, kind of helping raise, you know, other children. But that was kind of common. At, when I was growing up, divorce or blended families was not really spoken of or you really didn't know it but you know as our as our society changes those things change and so um I did not have any children and you know he had three boys so it was I knew in my heart 
as your dad and I started dating and we fell in love, I knew mm. that that was what I was created for. Did you want kids, like, at that point in your life where you're like, I'm ready for kids, or were you living hot girl summer, like, ready for the single life? Well, no. So, I was 27 when your dad and I got married, so I had kind of been through, you know, all the single, and it was That's just That's not like, bad to have kids at 27. No. So, so okay. I was ready I was ready to meet someone and start living life together and start planning a family yeah. however far that was down the road, so did, did you have any struggles um, raising kids? Um, I don't know if it's too sensitive, but with them not being your biological children was it hard disciplining them or connecting with them what was really cool about that is your dad most men when they're when they've got kids that they're raising on their own they're looking for a mom for their kids uh and your dad wasn't that way at all yes i mean he wanted someone you know to kind of help do things but it wasn't like oh now we're finally married they're your responsibility he was never that way he was a very Mm hands-on um you know he did the discipline so I just kind of came alongside him and just tried to try to help and so I would tell the boys I'm not here to replace your mom you have a mom she was still in the picture yeah uh but I can be a mom to you yeah you know so when one of them falls down off a bike and scrapes his knee I'm there to to clean it up and put a band-aid on and then briefly tell me about the greatest joy in your life when me and my sister were born <laughs> the greatest joy yes how how long after um did you wait to have kids okay so as i was older um when when your dad and i got married we really thought you know we'll we'll do this for a couple of years and within a couple of years we'd like to add to the family because mm-hmm. I didn't want to just bring right in I wanted to get to, you know <clears throat> still build a family with these three boys and we were married about six months and your dad said you know I wish I'd gone to school to be what I wanted to always wanted to be and I said what do you want to be he said I've always wanted to be a dentist and mm-hmm. I said go be a dentist Period. So, period so he quit work so he ended up quitting work going back to school and that was a five to six year process. And so I just said, I would really like to have a child by the time I'm 35. So Katie was born when I was 34. Mm-hmm. And you when I was 38. Oh, 38. 38. Oh. And how long have y'all been married now? It will be 29 years in June. That's honestly incredible. Yep. That's so cool. Um, okay, so I'm born. Greatest joy to the world. Yes. So, what what was the funniest thing I did as a kid? What were the things that, like, you remember me doing that just stood out to you? Okay, one very funny thing I remember is you were about four. Okay. And um, it was in the wintertime, and I was making some hot chocolate for us all. And, of course, you liked the marshmallows and all that kind of stuff. And so I made the hot chocolate, and I handed it to you, and I said, Now, David, be careful, because this is hot and you looked at me and said that's why they call it hot chocolate <laughs> oh my gosh i was sassy you you were, i'm still you sassy were a, little, a little bit you were a little sassy. was i a difficult baby no you weren't difficult you slept well you ate well um one thing i noticed as a child growing up you know in preschool kindergarten and elementary is you never really depended on having a particular friend with you to enjoy life so, like, some people, if their best friend is not at school that day, they're just devastated. They won't do anything. You, you just never were that way. You know, if they were there, great. If not, you 
you could play and have fun and make the best of your day. That's yeah. what I've always been loved about. I like being just, alone sometimes. Well, it wasn't being alone. It's just I was you, able to like make friends with everybody. You could make friends with everybody, and you just enjoyed life, whether this person was going to come along and enjoy it with you or not. Yeah, definitely. Great quality to have. A <laughs> great quality to have. Were yeah. you like that? Yeah. I feel like you're pretty like that. Yeah. I mean, I... I you're really content with your life no matter how it is. I'm content. I made friends easily and I, yeah. I enjoyed being friends. I didn't take them for granted. Definitely. Um, a controversial question. Was I an accident? No, you were not. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> I was playing... Was Katie playing too? Both of you were playing. Okay. So tell me about the time you dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> the way you put it, it sounds so cruel. Well, I, I think it gave me ADHD. No, it didn't because you hit your collarbone, not your head. So you were about 10 or 11 months old. We had just gotten out of the... So young. You had just had a bath. When we were playing and having fun. And so I wrapped you up in the towel. Uh, and we, I went down on the floor and we're just laughing and, and cutting up and all that stuff and, and all the stuff. Uh, so I picked you up in the towel mm-hmm. and got up on my knees. And as I did that... You started scrambling to get out, and I didn't have an arm free to catch you. Oh. So literally from my knees to the ground, you fell, and the way you fell, you hit your shoulder just in the spot to break your collar. Were you so scared? Oh, I'd never heard you scream, a scream oh, like that. That would have been so yes. terrifying. Yeah, so it was ter- It was terrifying. Speaking of scary ailments, tell, tell me about um, when I had the fever. And I had to get a spinal tap, and I had to get an oh, x-ray. Okay, so you're only um, about a month and a half, maybe two months old, and woke up one morning, and you had a high fever, like 103. So I called the pediatrician, and she says, take him to Le Bonheur immediately. Oh, my gosh. So pack up. We all go. And so naturally, they have to check everything. And so, because, you know, they have to check for meningitis, all those kind of things. So the doctor comes in and he says, you know, we're going to do a spinal tap. We're going to do x-rays. We're going to da-da-da-da. And then he starts filling your stomach, all of this. Well, there's three little resident doctors behind him. And whatever he says, the next one comes up and they start doing the same thing, filling your stomach and you're crying. Mm -hmm. So the mom I am, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is she doing the same thing that you just did? And he said, well, this is a teaching hospital, so everyone is learning. And I said, well, not on my child. I said, you better work. I said, one may touch and the rest, and he can share the information with the rest of them. Yeah. Anyway, so you ended up having to who get Who does up. that with a baby? Like, who makes a baby a teaching moment? Well, I don't know, but they were, so gonna push on, they were not going to push on your belly. Yeah. So, they, so your dad, we had to kind of divide and conquer. So your dad goes with you for the spinal tap. And I end up going for the X-rays, thinking that would be the easiest. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty brutal. <laughs> what what did they put me in? Uh, well, talk con- about the Spinal Tap first. How was that? What did Dad say it was like? Um, well, it's just hard watching your child because one, you have to be completely still for that. Yeah. But, okay, know, what exactly is a Spinal so Tap? So they on an they infant? take a needle and yeah. they have to insert it right into your spine and whatever for a fever. No, no, they're checking for meningitis oh, okay, and other okay. things. So okay. um, that's why they do that. But on the x-ray, um, they put you in this, like, clear tube, and they put your arms above your head and close it shut. 
If so you good. ever want to have nightmares, look up an infant x-ray. It is terrifying. Yes. And so I, I, I really had nightmares for yeah. a while because that would be a visual that I would, I would see. So That's so scary. Yeah, that was scary. But anyway, imagine. to tell everyone, no, he was great. Just was I'm alive. Yeah. I'm just a little messed up. <laughs> um, just a little. What was I scared of the most as a kid? What were you scared of the most? Anything stand out? Was I was I a fearful child? No, you don't. You don't. You didn't seem to be fearful. There was a certain point where you know I wanted to just kind of not have the nightlight on anymore. But you were not. But I love that. Nightlight. Oh yeah, I love so. that nightlight. The one thing that stands out that I was like always afraid of. I I'm still like a little scared. I I've gotten kind of gotten over it. But I've been so scared of mirrors my whole life because I walked in. One uh, one night, I walked in the den, and you and Dad were watching this movie, and a lady walked up to a mirror, and then a scary face popped <laughs> up. I don't know if you remember, it scarred me. And so from that moment on, I've just been a little bit like, something's going to pop up if there's a mirror. Uh, there's so, a mirror. yeah, whenever we go out to, like, uh, on vacation, and there's, like, a mirror in the hotel room, I have to cover it. I can't do it. Well, I know you had that fear, but I don't ever remember you saying that or expressing that as a kid it's because i'm i'm a soldier (laughs) i'm a soldier so i had alopecia as a child which for our listeners um alopecia is when you lose your hair due to it can be caused by a plethora of things yes Uh, most common is stress and i had it when i was fifth grade sixth grade and i was not like that wasn't a very stressful time for me um we think it had stuff to do with my adhd medicine what was that like is that so weird? we do. We pretty much know for sure that it was it was from a particular medicine that yeah. you were taking. Um, if you're for, taking Vyvanse, walk watch out. For me, as a mom, um, I hurt for you because I know kids can be cruel, and you did lose all of your hair. You had just two spots that you know kind of went. Bald. Oh yeah, just right in the middle of the back of my head. Yes, and you're like, "Mom, mom, it's okay. It's no big deal." You know, I but, loved it. But I, in my heart, yeah. I knew probably, you know, whatever kids would say. But, again, that was part of your incredible personality uh-huh. because you would just, um, you would laugh it off or you would make some comment back to them that it was like, you can say what you want, but it's not going to bother me. You know, and you would just keep yeah. going, which I know as a mom and inside it probably hurt a little bit. But what made me um, most mad was when you came home. Can I say this? Yeah, you can say it. Uh, say it. When you say came the name. Home, when you came home one day and you said your teacher called you out about your bald spots and your alopecia and wanted to know if it was contagious and sent you immediately to the nurse. I don't remember this. Yes. And what what grade was this? Fifth grade. No, sixth grade. One of your sixth grade teachers and. It just, it flew all over me, you know. Penny's anyway, getting so, heated. So I just I had to give her a little piece of my mind. <gasps> did you Did you have a phone call? Did you have one of those, like, sweet, passive-aggressive Penny phone calls? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if I had it with her or if I had it with the nurse. Okay. Because um, Nurse Betsy was an angel. Yes, the nurse was very kind, but I, I just... I said, you know, one, she could have just called him to the side and yeah. and sent him to you. But anyway. That's so rude. That probably sca- scarred me a little bit. Um, so you are somewhat of a pioneer. You have done mission work in 
India, but I know more about what you did in Brazil. Tell me about like what you've done in those countries. Okay, so um, this is pretty cool. So I've been I've been to several countries, and the the first one um, went to Honduras, and I went with your dad uh, because he was going uh, to do dental work, free dental work. Yes, for for which um, is not something you think about that people need because we like if we need if we have a hurt tooth we go get it fixed the next day but for some people that just like don't have access to good clean dental work like they're just in pain they're just in pain like, i don't think about that no That's so or they weird. just go and just have the tooth pulled yes. you know which is called anyway so i went with him this was actually the year before you were born oh so i actually found out <laughs> right before that trip that i was pregnant with you but I hadn't told Dad yet because I wanted to do a special. Oh, you wanted have, to have a gender have a reveal. But anyway, so um, I was going to just rock the babies, play with the kids. Yeah. And when he got there, he realized that he needed an assistant. Well, dentistry is not for me. I mean, I don't like being in people's mouths. So that was the first experience I had um, helping him out. Um, There's some hard, hard work there. But anyway, it just kind of gave me a love because my dad had done a lot of mission work. Um, and just helping people that were less than us. Yeah. Uh, and so from that, just kind of, I began, as I, as I grew as a person, I just began to develop a heart for women in other countries. Uh-huh. And um, so I was able to go and just do some, um, we would call them women's conferences, or yeah. just some, some time for the Just work. get women together, women together in communities. In communities and just enjoy time being together because they don't get it. Yeah, in Brazil know? particularly, I remember these were women whose um, husbands either or fathers just like weren't around and they were left on their own with their kids to right. provide for their families, like literally living in nothing. Um, how did you help them out? Okay, so so there is a there's a um, organization in Brazil called um, Valley of the Savior mm-hmm. uh, that actually my my dad was a big part of getting all that developed. So they had they're kind of a daycare center, I guess would be the best way to describe it, where they take care of kids during the day. So these daycare moms, now they daycare used now, to be like used to be an orphanage. orphanage yeah. Yeah. So they're a daycare now, um, and so they pretty much take care of the kids during the day so the moms can go go work. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought, we just need to do something for the moms. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to use that facility, and we just did a three-day, what we would call a conference, where we would come and just, you know, share some message of hope. Yeah. Uh, they love to sing and dance. They, they do. They really love to say Okay, when I say they love my mom, that is an understatement. Like, when I go and I tell them my mom is the Penny Clark, they scream at the top of their lungs. They are literally in love with you. Um, but what was cool is you went when it was an orphanage, right? Um, your granddad did. Okay, okay, that's right. Yeah. So what was cool is I was able to go when it was a daycare and the people that were running the daycare or like living around the daycare were people from the orphanage like yeah. that have grown up through it. And so it was cool to see like generations go through. And yeah. I bet that was cool for you too. It was really cool for me because the, the first time that I went, I've, all my life I've heard dad talk about what he'd done in India and what he had done in Brazil. Yeah. And so when, to go there and see physically... What you know, he developed that. That was that was pretty cool, and and so I took him with me. Um, he went. So he went. How old was he? 
he was like 70 something when he was able to go but what was cool about that and we were just going just to kind of play with the kids yeah well uh, the directors there set up a, a celebration day for my dad and literally David you're, they would they lined up and and the kids would come up and say I'm so and so I was an orphanage here here is my wife and my kids you know, here's my mom that I'm now taking care of. It was really... Did he just break down? Oh, yes. Oh, my You know, my for them gosh. just to tell the story. So they'd always heard, you know, of him. And so to, to go to see that was great. And then just to go back and kind of give to these women. And as we're there, I, the kids get a lot. You know, we were doing something for the moms. And there was a part of me that thought, what's happening to the teenagers? Mm -hmm. Because they kind of grow out of the kid thing. It was like nobody was really reaching them. And so that's where you and Katie got to come and be a part. And we were able to do youth rallies and just hang out with the youth and just talk about life and just say, you know, there is, there is a God and there's, there's ways that, you know, you can, in spite of all your circumstances, he is still there and he's still with you. Yeah. If you're listening from Brazil, eu te amo. Love you. Um, I doubt they are. I still love them, though. Uh, Yeah, that was super fun just to go and see what you had done, see what Granddaddy had done. Um, And now what you have done. Yeah, I haven't done too much. I just just had fun with them. David, you did. You went went four years in a row. I did, but it was, it was, those kinds of mission trips are like how the mission trips are going now. It's definitely just like playing with kids. We did... We did a lot with like a VBS, but it's hard, especially with teenagers, to instill things that will carry on with them after we leave. Like it's even for us, like when we did church camp, like we would go, we'd have a great time. Second we'd leave, we'd just like fall back into whatever we were doing before. And so it like, I feel like I definitely had a grasp on the fact that this is our week to like give them whatever and... I don't know. Like, I definitely felt like we had an impact, but but I think I was kind of grounded that it wasn't going to last forever, you know? Well, no, but I think the impact for them is that we came every year. Yeah. We kept coming back, you know, and, and that's what we wanted that they And then weren't. COVID happened. Well, we COVID happened, but also what to say, because there were several of y'all that, that came back every year. Mm-hmm. And even through COVID, and though we've not been able to go, we've been able to raise funds and send things over to help provide for the families yeah. there. So that's it's, it's really cool. That is really cool. Um, you know what? Let's take a break. Okay. And we're back. So I want you to tell me a little bit about we already talked about me as like a baby, but when I was growing up, what was the moment you knew I was going to be more like artsy and creative than sporty? Because you and dad were both sport people and like I tried sports. I liked them when I was little. I did basketball like every year. I played soccer. I did gymnastics, love gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played lacrosse <laughs> <laughs> and that ruined it for me. But what would you say that was the moment? That you knew? Yes, or was I, would, it? I would say that's the moment because when you were three, um, I had to be careful with this little play gym we had out in the backyard because you would climb and flip and do things yeah. and it would just kind of make me nervous. I only fell once. You only fell once, only but fell then once. one day I look out and you did a one-handed round off. And <laughs> I, I remember coming out, you were four, and I said, 
how did you know how to do that? And you said, you know, these girls that do gymnastics talk. Yeah. Yeah, so so we immediately got you into gymnastics, and you excelled, and you did great. Put your kids in gymnastics or dance. Yes. It is an awesome thing. And then we did soccer, because, you know, every kid goes to play soccer. It's great yeah. to learn how to do it. I love sport. soccer. And you were, you were good. You had natural. Remember that mohawk moment? Yes. So Talk about that. That was so, so funny. David, with his creativity as a child... <laughs> Every Saturday we'd go to play soccer. He would does, he would style his hair different every time. So he you know whether he wanted to put up in a mohawk or if he wanted it all to stand up if you whatever. And um, one week he did it and he did it in a mohawk. And the other coach kept yelling for his team to get on the guy with a mohawk. Oh and so gosh. every week your dad wanted you to make the mohawk. Every because, week dad was like, <laughs> put your hair in a mohawk. Put your hair in a mohawk. So that was part of your artsy creativity of wanting to do that. Um, another thing, you know, as a child, when you would uh, do your spelling words, practice. Um, oh my gosh. You wanted to be moving, jumping, like every letter was a jump or a cartwheel or off of the couch. Which yeah. That didn't bother me, you know, as long as you. Oh, you it bothered dad, right. though. But yeah, not uh, just because he was like. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that came, you know, when he was when he was a dad on his own with three boys. He had to make them sit. Yeah, down. you had to have have discipline yeah. and you know go for all. And then, so I would always go to my mom to let me do my spelling words because so I'd literally run spelling. a marathon around the house. Well, but I could be doing stuff around the house in the kitchen cooking while you're you know doing your words. But anyway, getting back to where I knew, and so I think it was third or fourth grade. Um, I wanted you to try lacrosse. I just thought it would be you know looked fun. And I put you in that, and you were miserable. I remember, I remember, I was miserable, and I think after like the first two weeks, I was, I came to you, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And you go, David, you made a commitment, and those words haunt me to this day. Well, I just, you know, I didn't like if we. It was a good lesson. Yeah, if we signed up for something, you know, to do it, but, uh, and you know. They weren't really teaching you the sport. They just wanted you to go to a spot and, and do this. You know so why? Because they were um, two college lacrosse players yeah. that didn't know anything about, didn't coaching. Know about coaching. They were just having fun. So in the process of you playing that at the school you were at, they were building a theater um, on campus. Yeah. And every morning when I would go and drop you off, I would say, David, do you hear that? And oh. you'd say, what? I said, that's calling your name. What's calling my name? I said, that theater building, that's calling your name. You're going to be doing that someday. And I fought you on it every and, time. Yes, I told no, you I would never, never do middle school theater. Yes, never. I, I was like, I'm never going to do it. I'm and, never going to do it. And you did, and you were fabulous. I met, that's that's the best place to meet your friends if you're like into that stuff. Because yeah. you're forced to be in a friend group yeah. with all these people to do your shows. But one thing you taught me on that, because I would say, but David, don't you want to play soccer you know, it's going to be at the same time, you know, and I just, as a mom, I just thought it was good to understand team sports, and mm-hmm. you said, in your um, intellect at that time, you said, but mom, this is my team. Theater, I, I did team. not say that. There's no way. I promise you, you did. Oh my gosh. I promise you did, but this is my <laughs> team, and, and I thought, you know. You hear that? I was a wise kid. absolutely right. So Yeah. True so that. that's when I stopped pushing any kind of sports, even though. Okay, well, last thing about sports, because I hate sports. Um, we talked about your early life sports, but your later life, you did a triathlon as a oh, what-year-old? 50. 
50 year old you did a triathlon and at the time I was like what like 12 14 no you're like 9 or 10 oh 9 or 10 so I didn't understand like how big of a deal that was but like now thinking back you did that like you did a whole triathlon tell me like exactly what a triathlon is and Okay, so there's different, there's variations of triathlon. I did the least possible. So, yeah, the triathlon, still a girl boss. It's, it was one kind of people that wanted to start, but you know, the goal is you have to swim a, a third of a mile and then you bike for 13 miles and then you run for uh, four or five miles. So, a lot, which, which is a lot, but, a lot, but I'd always wanted to do one and I, I told myself I am going to do one before I'm 50. Yeah. Well, I did it when I was 50, so I I got it in. That was your bucket list thing. That was my bucket list. But what was kind of cool is I noticed, you know, as people are going, getting set up, everybody had numbers on their calves, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know what it was. And so I go into this room and they get, you know, they give me my little ticket, you know, and you pin it on your shirt. And then she goes, "Um, how old are you? And I go, 50. And she goes, is this a bucket list? And I go, well, yeah, I guess so. And she got behind me and she wrote 50 on the back of my calf. And so I thought, that's people's age. Miss so girl. I'm looking at everybody's if calf I, yeah. to see what their age was. If I was in a triathlon and I was 50, I'd wear that number with pride. Well, I'm I did, like, but 50. I didn't know. But I didn't yeah. see many 50s. Ooh, that, girl. So. Get it. Do you regret any decisions you made? No. Oh, in college? Or just... Uh, you know, <clears throat> let's broaden that in anything. Huh. Any decisions. You know, I... I don't want it to sound um, cocky or any way, but I, you just, if you live with regrets, I mean, you're just. <coughs> COVID. COVID. If you live with regrets, it's just, it's not a way to live life. And so, you know, have I, have I made some wrong choices, you know, or made some mistakes? Sure, you know, but you have to pick yourself up and say, Am I going to learn from this? On that note, I just want to thank you for filling in for Jake. Um, and I want to remind everyone out there to give love to whoever, whatever your mother figure is out there in your home, whether it's biological or your chosen family. Make sure they feel appreciated on Mother's Day. And I love you, Mom. I love you too, David. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>